Hi, welcome again to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. Get a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow. We try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. Today is a special episode. I'm on with Caleb Rutherford on the Transform podcast. You can find him on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at that same handle. Uh, we'll be having a, a conversation uh, today on his podcast. So here is the Transform podcast. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Transformed, a podcast where our goal is to be the best that we can be for God and to become individuals who have been, through our convictions of the Word of God, transformed. My name is Caleb Rutherford, and I am your host, and today is a very special day because on today's podcast, we have a very special guest, uh, but I'll get to him in just a moment. I just want to say how thankful I am uh, to you all for decide, deciding to be with us today over the course of these next few minutes uh, together. Don't forget before we begin that if you are on social media, check us out on Twitter at Transformed PDCT. Follow us on Instagram at the underscore transformed underscore podcast. Like us on Facebook. And again, if you have any comments, topic requests, questions, or anything like that, hit us up on any of these platforms or if you want to. Shoot us an email at thetransformedpodcast at gmail.com. As of right now, we are currently uh, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, or Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, obviously, as well as Podbean as our host. Uh, but we hope to be on more, um, and I will shoot you those links uh, through social media or whatever it is whenever we are able to be on those. Uh, but as always, all of these links will be provided down in the show notes below. Like I mentioned a moment ago, we do have a very special guest on our show today. His name is Jordan Pugh, and I'll go ahead and let him introduce himself to you all. Hey, guys. Uh, my name is Jordan Pugh. Uh, I am a 2017 graduate uh, of the Memphis School of Preaching. Uh, currently, I am uh, preaching at the Greenmount Road uh, Congregation in Belleville, Illinois, and I work as their youth and associate minister there. I appreciate Jordan uh, so much. Our friendship uh, has gone on for many, many years. We have gone through uh, a lot together. We've gone through you know, summer camps and basketball, obviously preaching school. We went through two years of preaching school together. We've uh, a lot of ups and a lot of downs in life together. Uh, so I certainly appreciate him and his willingness to be on this podcast and to be a part of these these lessons that we're going uh, to be doing. Jordan uh, does run a podcast as well when the scriptures become real, and I'll go ahead and let him let tell you all about that for just a moment. Yeah, so, I mean, especially if you like what Caleb's doing uh, with a Transform podcast, I think you'll like uh, what the scriptures become real uh, podcast is all about as well. Um, currently, right now, we are on uh, Pinterest. Uh, you could just look up my name, Jordan Pugh, and you'll you'll find the When the Scriptures Become Real board on Pinterest. Um, we're also on IG, on Instagram. You can find it at when underscore the underscore scriptures underscore become real. Um, you can also find it on Twitter at When the Scriptures Become Real and YouTube under the same handle. I certainly appreciate Jordan again on uh, his podcast. He was kind of the, one of the guys who got me into doing this podcast uh, because he's been doing his for quite a while, and we've been trying to get together and finally found some time to carve out, and we can sit down and finally do some lessons together. So I'm really excited for what's going to be coming up and what we're going to be able to uh, give you all over these next few weeks. And this is actually pretty neat. Um, once I'm done recording my episodes and after I'm done editing and doing all of that I need to do to it, I published it to I published the episode to a website called Podbean, and Podbean is a podcasting host. Uh, I they're like a hosting website basically. And once I upload to them, 
they then send it out to whatever platform it is that you are currently using uh, to listen to this podcast. But what's super neat about this is that it gives me analytics and it breaks down how many listens and how many downloads I have, how many followers, etc. But it also breaks down for me geographically um, from where I am being listened. And so I just wanted to make mention of those who might be listening. Obviously, the majority of my listen, my listens and downloads coming from within the U.S. My strongest states are North Carolina, Texas, and Arkansas. But I also am being listened uh, to in at least 14 other states. And I also have listeners in Canada, Australia, Brazil, and Panama. And so it's just super neat to see how far and wide the gospel is able to be spread today and how with the technology that we are able to be blessed with today, how easy it is for the gospel to get out there. Uh, But again, no glory to me or to anyone else. Obviously, all glory goes to our God in heaven who allows us these avenues that we have today. But I did want to just make mention of that and to say how appreciative I am for everyone who takes time out of their day to listen to uh, this podcast. I appreciate your support. I know that you're listening and I will continually continue hopefully uh, to put out material that will be beneficial to you and in your walk with Christ. You heard me mention a few moments ago about how uh, we're going to be starting a new series of lessons today and how we are going to begin a discussion on the topic or this idea of influence. And Jordan, obviously, um, you know, growing up, everyone has individuals in their lives that they would maybe consider to be their greatest influence. And I'll ask you this question, you know, who, who would that be for you? Who was, who would you consider to be kind of the greatest influence in your life? Uh, I'd probably say my dad, um, just, just seeing his, his journey of, of where he went in terms of, uh, coming out of, uh, kind of false doctrine and then coming into finding the truth, as you know, you know, him going through, uh, the Memphis School of Preaching first, and then him coming back and teaching, and even those his own family, you know, that rejected him, but he still stood strong with the word, and uh, kind of just showed me the, the the power and the strength that one man can have uh, with the truth. So uh, for sure, uh, definitely my dad. But I, you know, I think you'd, you'd say the same thing. You know, knowing you, your dad had a great influence on you too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Obviously, um, well, of course, my, my dad grew up in the church, um, but kind of going along the same path in that they both went to preaching school. They both have gone through a lot um, in local work. They both experienced a lot. Um, and so, yeah, definitely one of those things, one of those people you can look up to. Um, you can be like, hey, I want to be like that. You know, when I grow up, I want, right. um, you know, I want my kids to be like that. And their influence uh, obviously has, it, it plays a big role uh, in your life. And when I think it's interesting, I think it's interesting when we talk about influence because, Everybody has an influence on other people, and everyone also can be influenced by other people. And we're going to talk in the next couple of episodes about having an influence on those around us, but I think it's so vital. I think it's so important for young people today, uh, for teens and college age and middle age or really any age, to know that we are never above being able to be influenced by someone. It doesn't matter how strong you think you are, spiritually speaking, you know, we can still be deceived. We can still be tempted. We can still fail at times. And if we think that we are above that, then why in the world would we have warning after warning throughout Scripture that cautions us to be aware of those who are around us and the things that we take in in this life? And that's what kind of what I want to dive into today, that we, and I mean everybody, can be influenced by this world and the things in this world whether we like it or not, and that it is a choice that's up to us and that we allow these things to happen to us uh, or not. 
You know, I think about Psalm chapter 1, and we know obviously David is the one who's writing here. And as we look at verse 1 of Psalm chapter 1, David says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. And so what we have here is what we could call the progression of sin. You think about a man who goes to work every single day, and every single day he takes that same route. He walks down the same street, on the same sidewalk, does the same amount of steps every single day. And every day he walks by that same store that advertises something that's ungodly, whatever it is. And so the man unknowingly stares uh, as he goes by, and before long, he begins to stand and to stare instead of just walk by. And for a while, this man who used to walk by this ungodly place now stands for a minute or two in front of this ungodly place looking at it, and then what happens? Well, the next step is the man then goes inside and sits down in that ungodly place. And so again, you have this progression of sin. He walks in the counsel of the ungodly, he then stands in the path of the sinners, and then he sits in the seat of the scornful. You know, every single day we come into contact with the world, but how we allow ourselves to be affected by that world is up to us. It's up to us on whether or not, uh, you know, we're going to let our friends dictate our choice of music or our choice of words or our choice of movies or TV or our choice of the priorities that we place in this life. It's up to us uh, whether or not we we follow after our friends or we allow them to influence us to do the things that we know are wrong. And I remember growing up, and Jordan, maybe you, you were in the same situation uh, sometimes. I didn't necessarily have the best of friends growing up in, the, in my neighborhood, uh, but we would hang out sometimes. We would play sports together sometimes. But I remember that there were times when they would go ask me to go and do something that I knew went against my parents' rules. And more often than not, now I wouldn't go along with them, but there were times when I allowed myself uh, to become influenced by my worldly friends. I knew I shouldn't have, I knew what I was doing was what well, I knew what I was doing was wrong and that it was going against what my parents wanted me to do and yet I did it anyway. Now does that sound familiar to us as adults today? You know, we read the Bible and we study it every single day. At least I hope we do. We know what the word of God says. We know what it teaches us and yet so often we allow ourselves to become more influenced by the world uh, than we do by God. But why? Why does stuff like that happen to us? Why do we allow things like that uh, to happen? I know I'm talking a lot, Jordan. I don't know if there's anything that you kind of want to want to add. Yeah, in. no, no, yeah, dude, it's good. I'm listening to you, <laughs> but you know, at the same time, man, I think we, especially once we get older, you know, I think we kind of downplay um, the idea of peer pressure. You know, I think the first um, thing that pops in my mind when I think about peer pressure is I go straight to high school. That's the first thought that that's in my mind is, okay, high school kids, which they do deal with that for sure. But for us that are that are older now, married now, for you, college age, for me now, you know, peer pressure is it's still as strong as it was then. You know, and especially talking about what you mentioned with David in the Psalms, you know, you, you think about what he went through. Who else could understand Psalm 1 more than David? Now, obviously, you know, and people can argue, was David supposed to be at war and not supposed to be at war? But I think that's beside the point. The point was he looked at something he wasn't supposed to be looking at, right? So the next thing you know, then he kills her husband. Next thing you know, he's lying. Next thing you know, he's doing all this stuff. And then, you know, can you imagine being David? You know, one minute you were the king, and the next minute you you accomplish all this negative stuff, 
And then you're like, well, what? how did I even get here? You know, it all started by the progression of saying me doing one thing. And then, well, since I did that, then I guess this isn't that bad. You know, I think we, we tend to justify what we do because, well, what I did before wasn't bad and I didn't get caught. So, I mean, I'll do this. And David fell into the same thing that you were talking about in Psalms 1. Yeah, I think it's kind of like that, the snowball effect almost. You know, one thing leads to yeah. another. And before long, like in David's situation, before long, you know, before he knew what had happened, he had done all of these things because he was allowing himself to become influenced by the things that were around him. And he wasn't doing what he was supposed to be supposed to be doing. Um, but, you know, kind of getting back to th- this question, what are some of the reasons as to why we become influenced by the world? And there's just three things that I want to point out. And, Jordan, you might want to point out a couple more as we go through this study. The first thing is this, and you'll see that this is the t- kind of the, the subtitle, I guess, uh, of this lesson. What are some of the reasons as to why we become influenced by the world? Why do we become influenced by the world? I think because we think that we are stronger than we really are. Now, what do I mean? What do I mean when I say that? Am I taking a jab at everyone and saying that they are weak and fragile and puny? Well, no, of course not. I do mean this, however, that oftentimes we fill ourselves up with pride and arrogance and we think that we are the strongest Christian ever or we think that we have reached a point in our lives to where we no longer need to grow and we no longer need to progress. And in all reality, we have really become a, a person who has become stagnant in their faith, and that is when the devil attacks you. That's when the devil comes after you, and you allow yourself to become influenced by the world. First Corinthians fifteen thirty three is it was true back when Paul wrote it, and it's true today. He says, "Don't be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits." Paul says, "Don't be fooled. Don't think that this won't happen to you. If you are around the wrong kind of people." They will eventually tear you down and make you just like them. Everyone is susceptible to being influenced by the wrong people, and there, there is no one who, who is above that at all. Yeah, and when you, you know, you bring up a word um, about pride. You know, I was thinking about this, man. Obviously, you and I, being uh, former basketball players, we're, I don't know about you, but I still have that competitive mind. Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not competing, but I still have that mindset that I have to like, you know, you got that drive, you got to win. And so as guys, we have a problem, um, with, with pride that we're not, we're afraid to admit that we're wrong. And so, you know, think of David, you know, David eventually in Psalms that we're talking about, he had so much pride that he didn't want to see his own faults. Right. And so therefore he continued, like you said, the snowball effect, it kept happening. And again, you know, you mentioned uh, a scripture, but again, in Proverbs 29, 23, you know, it, it talks about there that, uh, you know, pride, it brings a man low. But those that is humble of spirit, the Lord will lift him up. And so, you know, that that pride and that that attitude that sometimes we can have, we think it's uplifting us, but eventually it's it's constantly knocking us down which we're, we're essentially working against ourselves, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think one of the things as Christians, um, we need to understand that we can always grow, that we can yeah. always get better, that we can always grow stronger. We must never, ever think that we have come to the point to where we have arrived in a sense. Does that make sense? 
but that, yeah. rather that the place that we want our faith and our Christianity to be is always going to be in front of us. It's always going to be just out of reach, I guess you could say, to always keep us in this mindset of, hey, I need to get better. I need to always get better. I need to always do this and do that to make myself you know, a better person uh, and the best version of myself that I can be. Yeah, you know, and as you, as you mentioned that, if if we're being honest, and again, I think with with Christianity and growing, and what I'm learning now is being a little more transparent of my faults. Um, you know, even before the school of preaching, bro, like I think I was, I felt like I was in a good place, you know, spiritually. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was doing, you know, I was doing stuff at the church. I was going to college, getting a degree. I was working. You know, I felt like I was in a good spot. So I think I was, I was in a prideful attitude of, you know, like I'm good. You know, but, you know, as you know, going through the school of preaching, not just the work, but just going through life in general, you started to learn I'm not as strong as I thought I was. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. You start going through that stuff. Now you're like, okay, now there's so much more room for growth for me. You know, remember Brother Elkins? Remember Mm -hmm. he said the biggest room? Uh, and his life is the room for improvement. Right. That makes so much more sense now. Right. And know? it's crazy too because you look at a man like Brother Garland Elkins, who could basically, you know, quote the entire New Testament upside you know, down. Yeah. Literally. He literally he would hold his Bible, you know, inside out and upside down, and <laughs> he, he wouldn't even notice it <laughs> because he would quote the whole the whole Bible or the whole New Testament basically. And so, obviously, you look at someone like that who you think would be the last one who would need to say that, but who is going to be yep. the first one to say that. You know, to say yeah. that they can always be someone who can improve. And I think I think a lot of this goes back to kind of just, you know, how we analyze ourselves. And it right. takes me back to Revelation chapter 3. You know, whenever Jesus was talking to the church there at Laodicea, and we remember that they were a lukewarm body of people, right? It's one of the reasons as to why, uh, rather one of the reasons as to why they were lukewarm was because of how they analyzed themselves, how they examined themselves. Because if you read there at the end of the chapter, it talks about how they thought that they were good. They thought they were rich. They thought they were well off and in need of nothing. But then Jesus would analyze them later on and he would let them know. He says, Here, here's a list of things that I find that are, that are wrong, things that you're doing that are wrong, things within you that are wrong. And he says, you better change it. You better quit being lukewarm. And so we need to make sure that instead of analyzing ourselves, we need to allow the Word of God to analyze us uh, and to influence us. And I want them to go back to a point that you mentioned, talking about how kind of the cares of the world and all that stuff can kind of weigh on us. Dude, I think it was, I thought it was really interesting in Matthew chapter 13. Um, you know, remember the parable, you know, of the sower and he, and he sows those seeds on different ground. Right. I never saw this until I looked at this the other day. And verse number 22 it says this type of soil, he that receives seed among the thorns is he that hears the word, but the cares and the deceitfulness of the and riches of this world choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. And so I look, you know, when you think of and that's why you know, I always encourage people when you see a word in the Bible that you think that's what it means, because that's what it means in the 21st century. It's probably not what it means. <laughs> right. So, so when I, you know, when you think about choke, you think like someone's like suffocating choke. Right. That's how I always heard it. You know, the the cares of this world like choke you, which is not, you know, that's not a bad application. But it comes from the Greek word supenegio, which means it drowns out or it crowds around you with deceitfulness. So you, <laughs> you remember those old movies where a kid's out there and maybe he's playing basketball on the playground or throwing a football. And he hits the wrong person. Yeah. And he, and he hits the bully. And then right. everyone else crowds around those two. <laughs> right. Right. So this is the concept that it's bringing here. 
He said, if you're a Christian, you have the word. But then if your financial strain, your spiritual strain, mental relationships, emotional, all that stuff, just like that, that kid in the playground, all those strains crowd around you. And then guess what you can't see now? You know, you can't see the word. So exactly. it literally drowns out the word. Right. And so then you become unfruitful. And then next thing you know, that's why some people in the church, we never see them again. Sure. sure. Because all that stuff crowded around them, just like that example we're talking about. Right. And yeah, and actually, I, I'm going to hit on that just a little bit later on, talking about kind of, you know, the, the priorities in our lives and things, you know, the things that we put in our lives to become most important in our lives is either going to help us or it's going to bring us down. And yeah. so if we surround ourselves with the right kinds of things, obviously it's going to help us. Um, but if we don't, you know, then we're going to become influenced by the world. Uh, second thing I want to hit on here, um, you know, I, another reason as to why we allow the world to influence us is because I think we could just simply say we love the things in the world more than we love God. You know, obviously, First John chapter 2 comes to my mind when we talk about the love of the world. But I want to focus our attention rather to Judges chapter 16. I want to go back to the Old Testament for just a second. Uh, because in Judges, Judges chapter 16, you remember that this is talking about Samson here. And he is the main character in this account. You remember how he is taking that Nazarite vow, how God has blessed him basically with, I guess you could kind of call it superhuman strength. Um, but long story short, there was a woman named Delilah who was secretly working for the Philistines. They wanted her to figure out how to get his strength, how they could take his strength away. And so she asked him over and over and over and over again uh, until he finally caves in and tells her. And I know that I went, over, I went over that really quickly, but I want you to get the picture. She was influencing him to do something that he should never have done. And yet, because of his feelings towards her, because of his so-called love towards her, he gave in and did that which we did what he was not supposed to do. So the point of all that is, and Jordan, you might have more to say on this, the things that you love in this life, the things that you prioritize in this life, they're going to be very present in all of your decisions. It, you know, if, if you're placing your love for worldly things and for material things and physical things above everything else, then yes, you naturally are going to be influenced by them. But if we place the Bible, the Word of God, as something that is a priority in our lives, then we'll become influenced by that. Th think about it this way, okay? We work, what, 40 to 60 hour weeks. Some people may work even more than that. Uh, for people who are in school, you're in school all day long and we spend our evenings with our friends and we do other activities like that. And all of our time is associated with those in this world. And there's nothing wrong with doing things in the world, but here's the problem. We only spend, a lot of us only spend four, maybe five hours if we're lucky at worship studying the Bible because, you know, who has time mm -hmm. to study the Bible on their own outside time, right? Nobody, <laughs> nobody does that. At least that's what people say. <laughs> Uh, but no wonder we become more influenced by the world and by the people in the world, right? No wonder we allow ourselves to give in to the temptations and the desires of this world. Because if you think about it, really the majority of our time is spent in the world. If you want to be someone who is a faithful Christian, who does not give in to the influences of the world and to the influences of the devil, then you must spend your time with God. I was talking to my basketball team the other night. I coach varsity girls basketball. I'm one of the assistant coaches. And I told them, I said, look, if you want to become a better basketball player, if you want to become the best player that you can be on the court, then you must make it a priority in your life to practice on your own. I told them, I said, if the only time you ever play is when you are at a game or at a team practice, then you will never become the best that you can be. It must be a choice that you make 
to go out on your own time and practice the things that you need to practice. And friends, the same is with our Christianity. If the only time you ever think about God or study the Bible or even pick up a Bible at all is when you step foot into a church building, then you will never be the best Christian that God would have you to be. And I know I'm kind of going off track here. Let me, let me say one more thing about this, and Jordan, I'll let you go ahead and say something, and we'll move on. But I hear people say all the time, well, I'm just too busy. Or I have all these other things going on, etc. Brother Don Blackwell said this once. I think it was at Polishing the Pulpit. He said, if you are too busy for prayer and for Bible study, then you are busier than God ever intended you to be. People say, well, I made a commitment to work. Or I made a commitment to this school activity or, or to school period. I made a commitment to this sports team. But friends and listeners, what about our commitment to Jesus Christ, our Lord? At what point in time did we deem our commitment to Christ to be the thing that takes the hit and sinks all the way down to the totem pole? Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but who lives in me? It's Christ. Christ lives in me. Christians, we have got to wake up and start living for Christ because if we don't, then we will just become more and more influenced by this world in which we live. And it's going to be an issue and a problem. And it is an issue and a problem, you know, with those in the church. And I think you can see it too, Jordan, obviously being in ministry. It's something that you probably come into contact with, you know, every single day. I come in contact with that on a daily basis. And I love that example that you brought up with, with Samson and talking about his feelings. Dude, one of the hardest things for mankind to kind of differentiate is do I follow my heart, my feelings, or do I follow what the faith says? You know, you're going to follow one F. You're going to either follow your feelings or you're going to follow the faith, right? And, and, you know, Samson, I mean, he fell into that. And remember, even in Jeremiah, you know, Jeremiah talks about who can even know what the heart even wants. Right. Right. He said, he said, look, the heart is deceitful above anything. Right. You know, the, the, but the Lord searched the heart. So the, the one who made it, why would you not trust the one who made it? You know what I mean? And so I think sometimes, you know, we can fall into that same thing that Samson talked about. But again, like you said, with making the word a priority, you know, remember for those who are Christians, bro, do you remember the day you were baptized? I do. You remember how awesome that felt? Sure, absolutely. Dude, I, re- I remember that day like it was yesterday, man. And the thing is that when you when we came out of that water, we began a relationship with God. And so, in any you know, I'm not in one now, but you you're in one with with your wife. How long would that last if you didn't talk to her? Right. But you expected all the benefits that comes with it, though. Sure. It it wouldn't work. And so, why do we think that that would work with God? Well, we don't talk to you. We don't read your word. We don't let you talk to us, but rather we want every blessing that you want to bestow upon us. It makes absolutely no sense. But again, you know, like you said, people, you know, we'll do what we want to do, but, you know, the Lord's not just going to accept anything. Right. It's amazing to me that we put so much time and effort and money and all these other things into everything else in this world, into sports, school, work, friends, whatever it is. And yet the most important relationship that we should be focusing on, obviously, with God is the one that we spend the least amount of time on. You know, it doesn't make any yeah. sense. Um, it makes no sense. Yeah. So I, it's it's interesting when you look at it. I, again, it's all about perspective, I think. You know, your yeah. priorities, the things that you place highest in your life are things that you're going to spend time on and that you're going to actually, right. you know, want to do and carve out time to do. Um, and so I think, you know, especially for those who are parents, you know, what are your kids seeing you 
place as a priority in life, you know? Are your kids seeing you say, hey, it's okay to skip worship for the baseball game, or it's okay to skip, you know, Wednesday night Bible class to do homework or to do work or whatever it is? You know, what are they seeing you do? What are they seeing you place as the highest thing in your life when they see you do that? Well, they're seeing you put the world and things in the world above God and worshiping him and serving him. And so, you know, when kids grow up and, you know, have no faith and go off to college and end up leaving the church, don't be surprised when that happens. <laughs> yeah, and as exactly. harsh as harsh as that sounds, don't be surprised when that happens because in all reality, you kind of you're almost setting them up on a path to fail. You know, when you when you when you put things in their life and show them, hey, worship's not that important. Work's more important, or school's more important, or sports are more important. You're you're basically showing them, hey, it's okay to go ahead and do these things. It's, it's okay to put God, you know, on the back burner, put Him in second place, and put all these other things in first place. You know. Yeah, and I think. <laughs> You know, and the crazy thing is, Caleb, you know, we have to start, you know, especially as parents and teachers, we have to start as young as possible. Because, you know, I remember, man, uh, you know, obviously you and I were both really big into basketball. Um, and I remember in eighth grade, before my freshman year, we had a championship game. Um, college coaches were going to be there. High school, Eighth grade, bro, college coaches showing up, right? <laughs> right. College coaches, trainers, high school coaches. I mean, I was hyped for the game. This is championship game. Our school hasn't won the championship in years. I don't think we've ever won it. And so I look at the schedule. Guess what night it falls on? Wednesday night. Wednesday night, <laughs> prime time, 7 o'clock, the same time as Bible class. Yep. That was the first time I can remember having a legitimate conflict. Like, right. I, let me just miss this one. I remember going sure. to Dad be like, look, Dad. I know we go to service, but, like, can you make an excuse? <laughs> right. Like, bro, this is this is the game. But he was like, he's like, you know, you can do what you want to do. But the, I remember, dude, like he said, Matthew six thirty three, mm-hmm. and I read it. I was like, man. <laughs> so, so, you know, like I had to make a choice. Right. You know, so we end up going to service that night. But then I got back and I end up able to play the second half of the game, you know, yeah. and we won. Sure. But, you know, you think it's it's more of and, you know, it's more about your influence more than anything. Because I, I helped with that school with basketball camps, and you know they still remember that day. Mm-hmm. That was ten years ago. Sure, you know, and that's that's evangelistic opportunities. Absolutely. And I, and I think with with starting young man, and I and that's one thing that I'm going to teach my kids, Lord willing. You know, yes, I want you guys to be competitive, play sports, and all that stuff. But right. you remember what your priorities are. Right. Absolutely. I, and I hope. I, well, I think that that's kind of something that parents struggle with a lot today is balancing all of these other things in, in life. And, and then worshiping God and, all, and you know, the spiritual side of things. But it really shouldn't even be a struggle. It shouldn't yes. be, a, you know, something that you have to be like, well, let me think about it. No, it should be that your kids know. And like you said, I always knew if there was something on Wednesday night or Sunday, I wasn't yeah. going, you know. Yeah. That's just how it was. And maybe I didn't necessarily understand it at the time. Well, now I do, you know, yeah. and so if you if you help your kids and rear them in the way that they're going to place God as number one in their lives, then they're going to look back and be like, hey, thanks, mom. Thanks, dad, for doing that, because you showed me those things don't really matter. Obviously, championship games, like you said, you know, looking back, yeah, you know, 10 years down the road, you think, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad we won that championship game. But what you can be more proud of and more thankful for is dad made me go to a class and I'm thankful that he did that because he showed me that's what was most important and right. sports and everything else can take a back seat. So I think that I think that's so important, like you said, to teach our kids uh, to do that. Third thing, 
and this is the final thing we'll look at. I know these this episode's running a little bit longer than mine, uh, but man, I'm enjoying this. Um, so if you don't, we might end up going all well, for an hour. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> uh, number three. Uh, we become influenced by the world if we don't want to be different from the world. And this is kind of an interesting thought. And obviously, I have, I've, I've touched on this throughout other episodes. Um, but again, no one wants to necessarily just stand out and be different from other people, right? No one wants to be the odd one out, the one who dresses differently, the one who talks differently, the one who lives differently. And it's so important to teenagers and to people, I guess, our age as well, to put out this certain image that other people are going to see and how so often... People want to look and, you know, be just like other people and they want to blend yep. in. Now, I'm sure you didn't wake up in the morning thinking today I'm going to be influenced by the world and by my friends. I'm sure no one has ever woken up thinking that. But if you think about it this way, every time you go along with your friends and do something that you know is wrong, you're being influenced by them. But as Christians, obviously, we know God calls us to be different. First Peter 2, 9, Peter says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. We are called out of this world to be different. That word church, the Greek word ekklesia, which means what? The called out. I think about Romans 12, 2, the whole basis of where we got this podcast from. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so let me just kind of make a blanket statement as we bring this podcast to a close, and I'll let Jordan throw in his his last thoughts here. You will become influenced by the world if you want to be just like your worldly friends and coworkers. If you don't want to be different from the world, if you don't want to be seen differently or talk differently, etc., then you won't be different, and you'll end up just like the world. You will be influenced by this world if you love the things in this world and if you place those things above spiritual matters. You will be influenced by the world if you think that you are stronger than you really are. And if you think that you can't be touched, if you think that you have come to a point in your life where you have spiritually arrived and that you can't grow anymore, you will become influenced uh, by this world in which we live. One thing that's helped me with that, man, is I heard uh, someone say this one time. He said, men and women of faith must have the ability, not say it's going to happen, but it says men and women of faith must possess the ability to stand alone. You know, you think about Hebrews 11, you know, the hall of faith, all those people that it mentioned, you know, when they were put in a, in a seriously um, impossible situation, that they didn't have people encouraging them. Sure. You know, you know, they didn't have people around. They didn't have their own brethren around. It was just them and God. Right. Now, the Lord can use a group of people. There's no doubt about that. We've seen that. But it's sometimes it comes down to, am I going to be the only one, even among my brethren, even among people that aren't brethren? Will I be strong enough and have the ability to stand firm by myself? You know, that that has to be an ability. You have to have that in your arsenal. Not to say it's going to happen, but if it does happen, you have to be willing to use that. And, you know, I think about what you brought up at the beginning. Remember, you talked about the progression of sin in Psalm 1. But I love how it ends. It talks about even though all that stuff is happening, I can still be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And nothing's going to move me. Even if I have to stand literally by myself. Right. I'm not going to be moved by anybody, right. you know? Well, when you think about, too, 
Um, you talked about how, you know, obviously, yes, the Lord uses groups of people. Um, obviously, the, you can look at the church in that way. Um, but the God can most definitely use, you know, you as an individual, and he does use you as an individual. I think back to First Kings 18, um, yeah. you think about Elijah and, and the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. Oh, that's um, a good they one. Were, um, I, can't, I don't remember the exact number. I think that they were close to like 900 um, false prophets there on that mountaintop. And Elijah had who? Himself. There's no one else, you know? And so, obviously, to us, it's like, you know, it's kind of like that quote from The Hunger Games, may the odds be ever in your favor. (laughs) You know, the odds don't look like they're in Elijah's favor, but we know that they are, aren't they? Because because ultimately, who's on his side? God is. And, you know, and for us today, we can take away from that that, you know, it may look like, you know, all of our friends uh, are different from us. It may look like the whole world is different from us. And in all reality, they are different from us. But yeah. that doesn't matter. We're not outnumbered because God is on our side. Yeah, it escapes me who said it, but someone said that God plus one is always the majority. Sure. Everybody else is the minority. Sure. Which that's so powerful if you think about that, man. Like you can do so much with God by yourself. Obviously, you want people with you. But if you don't want to be on the ship, all right, God can God the ship's not going to stop just because you're not on it. Right, right. And I, again, I think that goes back to this this issue of pride. People in the world don't want to have to rely on anybody else. They want yep. to be able to do it themselves with me, myself, and I. But yep. true Christianity involves this idea of reliance and yep. looking to God and saying, "Hey, I can't do this on my own. I need your help." And I need you to be there with me. And he's, you know, obviously God has said, you know, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Um, you know, saying obviously us being faithful. Um, and so if we do that, then, you know, how, who are we to say that? Oh, well, God's just abandoned me. God's the God, you know, God is the one who's gone away because, you know, if we say that, I'll be calling God a liar. God said he's going to be there with us, you know, (laughs) he's going to be there. And so, you know, sometimes we hit things in our lives and road bumps in our lives, but, God's going to be with us. He's going to be there for us. He's going to take care of us. You know, I think it was Brother Keith Moser who told us, um, you know, y- y- people in, in their start out in their in their lives as Christians, and you know, they're on fire for God, and then slowly but surely they end up, you know, far away from God. Mm-hmm. And then you think, well, God, why have you gone away from me? God, what is happening? But then you look at it, and, and all reality, you, you know, you ask the question, well, who's moved? Because you and I both know God hasn't moved. And it's you who's placed all of these different things in between you and your relationship with God. And so once we realize that and understand that, um, then we're going to be, you know, we're going to become much stronger Christians for him. And, And as we go on from this podcast, you know, my hope and my prayer for all of us is that we would continue to examine ourselves, that we would continue to dig deep down within ourselves and ask ourselves, do I do I truly want to be different from the world? And I think that's kind of what it comes down to. Is it something that we really, truly want to do? Do I really want to be the kind of Christian that God would have me to be? Because in order to do that, I have to put off that old man of sin. I've got to put off that, that old way I used to live. I have to turn my back on the world. I have to, as Matthew 16, 24 says, deny ourselves, then take up mm-hmm. our crosses and follow after Christ. And so, you know, let's be individuals who right now understand that if we are not careful, we can become influenced by the world. And because of that, we need to become people who are studious of the word of God and individuals who have become really and truly, you know, transformed. 
Um, I appreciate Jordan. I appreciate you so much, man, for taking time out of your schedule to record this podcast with me. I really am thankful that you decided to jump on this show with me, man. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And again, I think it's so awesome that you can get to a point in your Christian walk where talking about the Bible isn't a strain. Like you love to do it. And it's, it's an amazing point to get to. And, you know, there's still so much growth for both of us and your listeners and all of us growing together, man. This has been an awesome opportunity. Hope I can be on uh, with you again. Yeah, definitely, man. It, it's it's been a blast. I've had so much fun with this. Um, to our listeners, hope you go and check his podcast out. I will link all of his stuff in the show notes below. Don't forget to check us out on social media. Give us a follow if you have any comments or questions. Uh, hit us up in the links that are in the show notes below. And always remember this. We love you. God loves you. And you've been listening to the Transform Podcast.